Welcome to Converge Coffee with Sean Sullivan. I am here with Evan Klein. For more than 25 years, he has been an enthusiast of the voice of the customer-driven change. He specializes in coaching businesses, leaders on the customer and employee-focused strategies that led to increased profitability and sustained competitive advantage. Evan founded Satrix Solutions in 2008 to empower businesses to accelerate growth and increase valuation by improving customer retention, expansion, referrals, and sales wind rates. The company's growing list of clients benefit from expert guidance, run robust, unfiltered feedback, actionable recommendations, and data can be relied on to guide the important strategic decisions. Evan, thanks for being on the show. How are you? Doing great. Thanks, John. Appreciate you having me. Well, Ben, ben found me. <laughs> uh, we were just talking about that. Is um, he, he did a wonderful job setting this up, and you know, I I looked at your website. I looked at different things, kind of going before we even you know we even chatted here, and I love your data driven approach, qualitative and quantitative, focused around the customer experience. But before we kind of get into that of the key ingredients and mo and the important most important KPIs here. Want to know like origin story, like Marvel, DC Comics, all that kind of stuff. Why did you start Satrix Solutions? Got it. Yeah, you know, there's two answers to that question actually. The one, um, and they're both uh, true, although I think one is um, you know better from a storytelling perspective. But I'll start with the other one. It was 2008, uh, height of the sort of Great Recession. I was working at a company, a digital agency here in Scottsdale made it through two rounds of layoffs. And on the third round, I was politely asked to, uh, um, you know, to, to find something else to do. So at that point, it was either get my resume together and look for a new uh, gig or uh, hang a shingle. And so I decided to uh, start Satrix Solutions in the, in the thick of the uh, Great Recession, probably not the most opportune time to start a business. But, uh, you know, the other reason is, and, and this is uh, very uh, honest as well, um, you're very passionate about the world of customer experience, have been for many years uh, prior to starting Satrix Solutions at that digital agency that I worked at. I was the head of client satisfaction. So I uh, founded, initiated, uh, stood up many of the programs that we actually offer to our B2B clients today. Uh, and even before that, earlier in my career, uh, I was on the front lines either uh, serving uh, clients directly or managing teams of people who served clients in high-touch type environments. So uh, the focus uh, for very many years in, in my career has been uh, customer retention, customer expansion, uh, making sure that we uh, engender loyalty and create enthusiastic customers that are much more likely to stay longer and buy more and refer to others. So it's long been something I've been uh, interested in and really thrilled that I have the opportunity now for 15 years to uh, work, work with many business-to-business -business leaders, uh, helping their businesses accelerate the sales and, and uh, profit growth through a focus, uh, intense focus on customer experience. Evan, I love it. And I, and I love how you're, you, you created a passion out of something like, you know what, could refresh my resume or I could start something. But you start something with a wealth of experience kind of going into, in, into it and also it's really cool that you're you're on the verge of, you know, been doing this for 15 years. You're on the verge of something that it's cataclysmic in the sense of how tech companies and every and everybody else is operating. They're really looking at, you know, new recurring revenue 
but they're also looking at churn rate. And it feels like you are really solving the churn rate problem um, with retention and expansion. But kind of wanted to dial back a little bit is, you know, what are kind of the key ingredients for success when it comes to customer experience? Would love your take on this because, you know, the listeners out there, if you check out, you know, Satric Solutions, they take a very holistic, quantitative and qualitative approach from multiple different angles. So we'd love your perspective on this for the listeners. Yeah, a number of key ingredients, actually. I think first and foremost, uh, you know, has to be embedded in the culture. Uh, and that starts at the top. Uh, you need a leadership team that's really uh, interested in, in uh, walking the walk and not just talking the talk around customer experience and its importance. I mean, you can go to pretty much any website uh, for any business and somewhere they'll probably emphasize their client satisfaction or uh, focus on the customer. And so it's easy to put those words on your website, but really uh, supporting that in all the different ways that are required for success is key. So a leadership team that really gets it and that truly operates around sort of data decision, uh, you know, data-driven decision-making that uh, they want to know the truth as far as uh, customer sentiment, customer expectations, customer perceptions, uh, and they want to uh, guide, use those uh, insights to guide important decisions across the company. So that's, uh, I think, first and foremost. Second, uh, a key ingredient is you need, you need good data. You need reliable representative data. Uh, because, um, you know, it's easy, you know, I have an article on, a, on our website around, um, you know, was the advent of the inexpensive survey tool a good thing or a bad thing? It turns out it was a little bit of both, right? I think many of us can remember when SurveyMonkey was launched, you know, probably 15 or more years ago. And SurveyMonkey, among other tools, sort of democratized, you know, survey design and, 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 and development. And so uh, a lot of uh, companies use that to collect feedback from their customers. Some do it well, some do it not so well. So I think, you know, that's one of the important ingredients. Make sure you're hearing the best practices. You're getting good data that is truly reliable and representative and that your leadership team can trust it because ultimately if they're going to make decisions based on that data, that those insights, those recommendations, they have to trust that it actually, uh, they are representative of the entire of their customer base. And I think that leads to one of the third key ingredients, and there, by the way, are a lot more, but I'll just focus on these three, is, um, is truly acting on the feedback that you collect. So, uh, you know, it's a little bit easier to solicit, to ask your customers feedback in an online survey or an in-depth interview or a customer advisory board, a number of different ways that you can uh, gather feedback from your customers or prospects, but uh, putting it to work, actually having processes where those insights are sort of fed into your improvement engine and you can demonstrate clearly to your customers that the time that they took to share their feedback is put to good use. Because I think as we all know, there's a lot of, for example, surveys out there where you respond to it and it, you know, it seems to go in the black hole. You never hear back, you never see any change with the company. And that's, you know, unfortunate, I think, for the industry of customer experience. The companies that are doing it well uh, have that muscle memory, have that that process developed where they're actually um, putting these insights to work to the betterment and the enhancement of the customer experience. You said a few key things here um, that it's it's about culture. It's about leadership top down. It's the goals, putting that goals together, but also going to the data. And you, you kind of mentioned something um, as I'm going into this next question here is, 
you know, what are the most important KPIs around customer experience? But you also mentioned this relates to data and reliable, but you also mentioned representative. Could you kind of go more into that as we're talking about important KPIs too? Yeah, and representative really means that you're getting, um, you know, strong participation rates, that you have, you know, good response rates, for example, to your survey or any other program that you've launched around customer experience. And that, you know, you can do the statistical analysis and, and, and determine and judge that it is, in fact, representative of the entirety of your customer base. Um, so, um, you know, a lot of companies struggle with very low response rates to their surveys. Uh, and it's really more uh, directional than it is um, actionable, right? So you can get a, an inkling, you can get some insight as to what your customers may feel. But um, the risk is if you make big decisions based on a very small data set, then it might not be what your the broader customer base is actually looking for. So representativeness is uh, extremely important in the world of customer experience because, again, it leads to that trust factor that leadership team can make investments or prioritize enhancements or change the roadmap in ways that they are comfortable are going to positively impact the entirety or a high percentage of your customers. So, so going in on that, you know, what are kind of um, some different angles in the sense of, you know, important KPIs as, you know, you're building more, you're getting more response rates, you're combating against companies struggling against low, low volumes, you know, what are kind of the things that you've kind of walked through? And this is, by the way, this is no more grilling questions here, but this is kind of more of like, would you like to share a story of like how you've helped customers or, you know, helped other people kind of um, open their minds up, of not just in the sense of we need to have foundational processed customer experiences and facilitating it, but how do we back that up by data? If you can give me some, you know, real world examples, that would be fantastic. Oh, absolutely. And I think, you know, the, the companies that come to Satric Solutions, um, you know, I think every company does a survey, right? I mean, it's pretty easy. And there are so many inexpensive and sometimes free tools to try to uh, issue surveys on your own. So many of the companies that come to us have, have done this in-house and have struggled, again, with very low response rates or data that's not actionable or, um, you know, some other challenges around uh, the uh, feedback program. So what we're doing is we're working with them how to, uh, you know, sort of reestablish those programs in adherence with best practices. It starts with design, right? And it starts with, uh, you know, thinking about your objectives and designing your program in accordance with those objectives, what you hope to learn, what you hope to gain from it. Uh, and then even, uh, and we'll use surveys as an example, uh, an online uh, customer satisfaction survey, um, you know, how the questions are written, how the, the scales that are offered, the uh, order of the questions, uh, how lengthy the survey questionnaire is, how you're communicating to your customers uh, that you would like their participation, all of those are, are vital to the success of the program. Uh, they lend to, again, uh, increased participation and you know, just good, reliable data. And so um, you know, those are some of the ways that we help our clients. A lot of them come to us also. They've heard, for example, about Net Promoter Score. Uh, Net Promoter Score is one of those KPIs around customer experience that, you know, thousands of companies are using worldwide. And it's based on the question, uh, how likely are you to recommend your company to uh, a friend or colleague? And, and we work with uh, B2B companies, so we tweak the question a little bit. But uh, that likely to recommend question uh, and the responses to it ultimately enabled you to 
calculate a net promoter score, a measure of customer loyalty. And a lot of companies use that at the leadership team level and even at the board level as that key performance indicator around customer satisfaction, customer loyalty. Uh, there, there are certainly others, but uh, a lot of research has been done uh, by you know, Fred Reichelt and others in founding Net Promoter Score that show a high correlation between the response to that question and that customer's likelihood to stay around longer, to refer to others, to uh, expand their relationships with the company. So all good things as it relates to uh, you know, the company's business, the more promoters you can create in the world of net promoters, the more loyal advocates that you have, uh, the faster your company is likely to grow and outperform the competition. You hit on something um, in the data world <laughs> that a lot of people kind of forget, and you mentioned high correlation. There's no, there's no causality to things, but you mentioned high correlation, and I love that in the sense of finding a key metric that leadership and the board can can work on or look at, but then the execution of how you design things, how do you word things, the length and everything, the nuances of, of your experience and your team's experience of how do you go about doing that. And so I love, thank you for sharing that because I think that gives some, um, the people listening to this of like, okay, I want to get customer feedback. How do I do it? How do I scale it? How do, what do I do in order to not determine an outcome, but facilitate like, this is kind of what I want to, what I want to know from multi, like a multitude of customers, a high volume set. So Evan, thank you for, for sharing that. Um, and last, sorry to interrupt your show. No, I ahead. apologize because you hit on something that's also uh, very important. And it's another reason that companies come to Satric Solutions is that, you know, when you're doing this in house, uh, there's inherent bias because you work in the organization, you're passionate about your product or service. So the way you look at data, both quantitative and qualitative, uh, can be skewed. So a lot of uh, our clients who come to us maybe uh, of their own uh, volition or an urging of their investors and saying, hey, we want a third party, uh, an unbiased third party to be doing this for us because we, you know, we want the truth. We want to remove confirmation bias, one of the biases that's introduced. Uh, and we want to ensure, again, that we're getting strong samples uh, and that the analysis is uh, done by that uh, sort of third-party auditor, much like companies have an auditor for their financial statements. A lot of organizations come to us because they want that auditor essentially for their customer satisfaction feedback data uh, or metrics. And so, uh, the, and the other challenge is that um, there's a lot of ways that you can game this, right? And we've all been, I think many of us have been to, you know, maybe an auto service a shop where you have to bring in your car, maybe you buy a new car or you drop your car off for service and they come and tell you that they have a survey. Uh, but, and it, if you please give them the highest score possible because uh, it really uh, is important to their bonus and, you know, they have to feed their family. So that's an example, uh, one example of gaming that I think uh, many of us are familiar with, but there are so many others. And uh, when you have a third party, uh, like Satrix Solutions is doing this or doing this work, you remove the risk of gaming and confirmation bias uh, so you can get to the truth. I love it. I, I love kind of where you're going from this from. I mean, it's very much needed in the sense of not only, you know, how to build a business and grow a business, but after you obtain the customers, how do you retain them? And making sure like, you know, auditing, have a third party mediator to kind of look at the whole picture from an objective lens that doesn't have a stake in it and saying like, this is what's kind of going on here. And so 
love that story. Thank you for going deeper into that um, and, and going even more into in, in, in the inherent bias of quantitative and qualitative data. So this part of the episode is not about work. Well, it is kind of about work, but it's about you. So want to know, you know, tell the listeners, you know, being a CEO of a company for 15 years, why do you do what you do? Like, why did you get into this? What gets you, like, when you wake up at the beginning of the day, you know, rest your head on the pillow, what goes through your mind in the sense of this is why, this is why I do this? Uh, it's uh, funny, actually. I think uh, to some degree I was sort of hardwired for this industry uh, from birth. <laughs> and uh, my lovely wife uh, knows this in part because, um, you know, when we go out, out and about and we're doing things, eating in a restaurant or telling uh, ourselves of service, like getting massage or something, right? I am uh, intensely aware of the customer experience. Uh, now, you know, she'll say occasionally I'll rant about certain things, but, um, you know, I think it's so critical uh, in one story. You know, we go into a new restaurant, just opened up, so a lot of buzz around the restaurant. And as is common in new restaurants, uh, the people who are working there are uh, also new, right? They've been trained maybe for a couple of weeks before the restaurant opened. And it's, it's interesting to me that uh, more often than not, when you go to a new restaurant, there are, um, you know, a lot of hiccups for a lot of things that maybe aren't smooth and not running as properly. And uh, my thinking around that is like, wow, they're doing themselves a disservice because your first experience with something is, is gonna, it's so important. Uh, people are going to remember that. And, and maybe now they don't go back. Um, some people are going to give them a pass because it's new and, okay, they'll work things out over time. But I think my perspective is long been like, you know, I see where excellence is happening. I see where people are bending over backwards for their customers. But alternatively, I see where, um, you know, they're not doing right. And uh, that's been, a, a, for me, for m much of my adult life, something I seem to zero in on. So I'm very passionate about the world of customer experience and what it means to business success and how companies can really lead in that regard. Uh, and they, and, you know, Amazon obviously is a great example. Zappos that was acquired by Amazon is a great example. Apple is a great example. We all uh, are familiar with some of these big brands who really do right by their customers. And ultimately, it means uh, so much for, for them, for the customers, for the employees. So I think it's, for me, it's a lot of sort of that golden rule, right? Do unto others. And uh, I think companies have to be thinking around that golden rule as well. That's one of the reasons I got into it. And, um, you know, I'm fortunate, very fortunate that I'm doing something uh, day to day that, you know, I earn an income around something that I'm very passionate about and I love doing. And we got a great group of people and a great uh, uh, cadre of clients, just wonderful folks that, uh, you know, I love working with day to day. So beyond work, <laughs> you know, what do you do as a hobby or health wise in the sense of, how do you how do you recharge? How do you keep fresh? How do you make sure that you're giving your best self for for your team and for your clients? Yeah, nothing too exciting there, probably at least uh, these days for me. Um, you know, I definitely um, uh, I I hit the gym. I'm into weight training, so probably six days a week I'm going to the gym. If I if I don't go to the gym even on my day off, I feel like you know I'm uh, probably not uh, you know doing my best. So I feel that for me that's important uh, other exercise opportunities around hiking and, and biking. Uh, I think, you know, when I'm out walking or, or doing a hike here in Arizona, 
um, you know, my, uh, the wheels are turning up in my head and actually some of the, the better ideas that I've had for the business and, uh, you know, otherwise, you know, come when I'm, uh, you know, doing a, a quiet walk or a quiet hike uh, and just really uh, have an opportunity to clear my head and think. Um, you know, when I was a little bit younger, I was a pilot. I got my pilot's license actually in San Francisco, uh, you know, flying small airplanes. So I did that for a little while. I think uh, maybe those days are over. <laughs> Something you have to really keep up with. Uh, otherwise, you put yourself at risk. I was also, I did scuba diving for a while. Hope to get back into that. Uh, and I will say uh, something that's on my, quote, bucket list is I want to learn to play the saxophone. So I really envy people who are uh, playing instrument. And I've unfortunately never taken that up. So I think um, hopefully in the not too distant future, that's going to be something I uh, learn. Well, I, I'm the same way. I, I wanted to learn an instrument, but I don't know what it is yet. It won't be the triangle. <laughs> but can't get too many women with a triangle. The cowbell, um, cowbell. Yeah, there we go. <laughs> well, Evan, you know, thank you so much for kind of going through um, about Satric Solutions, what you stand for, customer experience, how do you scale it, you know, how do you, or the key ingredients are, what are the metrics are. I think that's a lot of thing at the big, big thing is like, what do, what do you measure? How do you measure it? What's the process going into things as well as how do you go into and, and Go from an objective lens of how you help other companies um, do an audit, as well as about yourself. It seems like you are very passionate about what you do, but you use health and, and other forms of learning to kind of facilitate that customer experience drive and that passion. So you, you very much embody the customer experience. So, Evan, thank you so much for being on this episode. Terrific. Thank you so much, Sean. Enjoyed the conversation. Same here. And to all the Converge coffee drinkers out there, that's a wrap.